Uh, hi, welcome to Talk Comics to Me. It's Talk Comics to Me time. Wukawa. I'm I'm Champ Champenstein. I'm Heather Hadfield, and we're we're just here to talk about comic books. That's all we ever do. Exists. I don't know why you show up to the show expecting <laughs> something different. This is what we do. It's boring, you, but you do it. You come here with us. So come along for this journey as we talk about comics. <laughs> Heather, you you take it you take it off. You 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 rattle off some comic books for us. At least the first one. All right, here we go. This is Slumber. This is issue number two. Uh, this is uh, an image joint. Um, this. <laughs> Sorry, I'm just thinking about the the terrible thing Image did this week. So, oh, enlighten me. Oh, just that NFT secret history. Oh, right. Okay. The secret history of war, of the war on weed. That's the Ape Club collab. Yikes! I thought that was just a joke. <laughs> that no. was a real thing. That was a real thing. That was a very real thing yikes <laughs> yeah so continue continue talking about your book oh okay i'm sorry yeah it was really bad it was just there's a lot of bad information being thrown at me in the last 20 minutes not by choice i'm just it, trying to read my comics bro i okay. didn't mean to i'm sorry i'm always the bearer of bad news okay i'm not gonna find it any other way like i'm not <laughs> it's not gonna be sent to me organically i need you to tell me <laughs> okay okay so yes this is slumber this is issue number two this is um about a tiny tiny group of nightmare hunters they go to sleep and they go into your dreams and they get rid of the nightmares um basically uh, the main character, uh, a woman, has been going into these nightmares searching a for woman. Something. It's a woman. Yes. Sorry. Yes. Um, she is like a master nightmare hunter. Uh, she goes in and she slays. Um, so basically, she has been searching for this nightmare within a nightmare. You know what they call that? A dream. A nightmareception. So she, um, this nightmare reception, it has been like going through other people's nightmares and like leaving clues for her to like tease her, pull her along, play jokes on her. And she's basically trying to, to find this nightmare because it's been bothering her for years and she wants to know what's going on. Um, in this issue, there is a cop who was investigating a death in the first issue he he's been investigating this death that happened under like strange circumstances and he begins having nightmares that have to do with that nightmare that main nightmare lady's trying to catch and so he goes to her for help and she goes into his dreams and he's in a way like helping her while she's helping him get rid of the nightmare so that's basically it she's just in so many nightmares trying to find this nightmare witch um I did not at first enjoy the art like in the first issue it was very wishy-washy for me but I do think that in this one I like the art a lot more because the art within the dreams so this is normal 
normal world, no dreaming. And then this is the art within the dreams. I do, I love when comics make that distinction for things like past, present, whatever, dream, normal life. I think that's really cool, but I mostly just like the colors that they use for it. Um, this book, I would say probably mm, three and a half out of five popcorns and that's being generous. Um, I am going to continue reading it because I do want to know what this nightmare lady is all about. Yeah. I want to see the big bad. Is it going to be like her mom or something? God, I hope so. Um, but basically, yeah, she's just been waiting for the dream hunters to find her and they're getting closer. So I'm just curious to see like what what the big deal is. Yeah. With it. Auntie, what are you doing? She's just going to ham right now and I can't I can't stop her. Um, and there was one little thing within this issue. I think probably the whole reason I like the issue because I thought it was so silly. Um, the the main nightmare hunter, she gets pulled into someone else's dream. Um, and she sees someone, a demon that she used to have sexual relations with, and he literally just pulled her into the dream because he wanted to see her. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was very funny but yeah that's that's pretty much it he's like obsessed with her and she's like you gotta stop doing this like I told you it was a one-time thing he's like this big demon looking dude and he's like oh I just missed you <laughs> it was very cute <laughs> all right that's all I got it doesn't sound terrible no it was it was pretty enjoyable um like I said, I enjoyed it way more than I did the first one. I thought the, the first issue was not very strong, but I think this one following up does a really good job of continuing the story and making it interesting because there's just a lot of small moments in there that were very silly, so it was kind of funny. Yeah. It was good. I liked it. Well, I caught up on Catwoman Lonely City. This is book number three. It was a little bit of a task. These books are not, not short and they're got a lot of words in them but really worth it it's a lot of fun um basically selena is out of prison after 10 years and she's an old woman and she decides to break into the bat cave and she puts a she puts a team together <laughs> and uh yeah this book's a lot of fun i really really like it uh the art and the story are just like so much fun and there's actually what there's four issues I think there's at least one more issue for some reason I thought this was going to be the last one yeah that's what so, I thought too I was just going to ask that yeah so that was a pleasant surprise and when I was like reading it I was like well this they can't finish it within this issue so yeah I I really like it I don't really want to talk too much about it because I feel like it would really like I don't know kind of ruin it Cause it's just like there's so much to it and like you kind of build love for like characters you didn't think you'd ever really like and I I don't know there's something about this book that's like really really good who um who's on her team who did she recruit um so it's Killer Croc uh, hell yes I love Killer Croc Eddie Nigma so like the Riddler and Edie his daughter this man named Wilson or this kid named Wilson uh this I don't know who this lady is but her name is Rowan I think okay um and Poison Ivy 
That's cute. That's a cute little team. Yeah, so it's like, and you know, they're all like old besides the few young characters in there. So it's mm-hmm. like, yeah, it's a lot of fun. It's just a really good take on Gotham stuff. I think like this week I have three Batman adjacent books. Mm-hmm. Like this being one of them. And they're all just like really, really good. And this one is, yeah, like right up there. I would yeah. suggest it. Good. I was thinking about picking up the trade when it comes out just because I, you know, you've talked about it. Julian loves it. So I was Sagan. Um, it just seemed like something I would really enjoy, but I, I think I'd prefer to have it like all together. Yeah. And I think it, you know, it'll come in out in like a nice little hardback and there's a lot of story there. So you can really like take your time with it. Right. Like today it was nice because I, you know, I just sat down and read book two and three and it did take like a decent amount of time, but it was just enjoyable. Okay. Very good. I think I'm going to, I'm, I think I am going to pick that up because I, I really like the creator on that when I was flipping through it. Like I love the art for it. What else do they do? Like, why can't I? Oh, Cliff Chang. Yeah. Uh, he does the art for Paper Girls. Okay, that's who and I he's done thinking. done like lots and lots of other stuff. But yeah, that's like what I I know him from very specifically. Right, and that's what I do too because you have mentioned it before. So mm-hmm. that's what I couldn't remember. So perfect. Okay. Okay. So next, I have Homesick Pilots. This is issue number fourteen. There's actually one more issue of the whole series. Yep, and then it is concluded. So just wrapping itself up and and i don't i don't it's just it's really good just a ghost story and story about friendship and i know kind of sucks does the story doesn't suck but just like how the story is flowed is just like at this point i'm like ah what's gonna happen because it all kind of feels like they're stuck right but I don't know. I'm excited to see the conclusion and like what what happens. Do you have any theories? No. Not none. Okay. I kind of just like have not really thought about this this book beyond like reading it. Like I really enjoy it, but I just want to like, I don't know, not have to I don't want to like try and figure out what's how it's gonna end. Right. Okay. That's good. You'll have to let me know on a whole how many bags of popcorn you would give it once yeah. you finish it we'll we'll do okay <laughs> all right okay Let's so, talk about it yes we're gonna do this one um champ did not grab this one it's still at the shop yeah i didn't i was like i haven't read the second i yeah i'm pretty sure that's what i did. i'm pretty sure i didn't even pick grab it out of my box okay um i did not read this one i swear I took it off my pole but I guess I had a weird change of heart because I didn't take it off my pole I got Bolero we're talking about Bolero (laughs) yes Bolero uh issue number four um but yeah I did not read this one I did not like how the last issue went so I really had no desire to read this one I think I might I might read it it probably won't but I might just because I'm just like I, I want to know what they could possibly do with this. There is only going to be five issues. There's one left after this. So when that next one comes out, I'll, I'll just say, damn, 
It smells good. That's a good smelling <laughs> book. <laughs> Do you think like the main character could like redeem themselves? I know that that was like one of your bigger problems with like that last issue was you like in the f- issues as a whole is that they kind of seem like a terrible person. I feel like they are just for the sake of the story. But in my personal opinion, I don't think that there's any way they could. Okay. Like, I, I feel like they're going to do some twist on it and be like, no, this is how they're going to redeem themselves. This is how they get back rather than like letting her take the time to heal herself. Yeah. That's yeah. I feel like it's going to be something like that because, you know, when, when all is said and done, it's a love story. And it's going to have like a happily ever after in one way or another. But I just don't feel like that's necessary or even deserved for this character. I yeah. just feel like she needs to accept the fact that she fucked up more than once over many different dimensions. And she needs to fix herself before she can try to work on getting her girlfriend back. And that's like the one thing that she refuses to do is work on herself. So... I don't want her to redeem herself, but I'm pretty sure that's what's going to happen. Just based off of me, like flipping through here and seeing them, you know, going down on each other and stuff. Like clearly, nothing else. Yeah, matters. just being in love, being in love, and yeah. All right. But yeah. Okay. So a, a book Heather and I both read, but Heather doesn't have, is Dark Beach. This is issue number one. Uh, this was a fun little mystery story uh, by Michael J. Ruiz Unger and Sebastian Pires does the art and Ray Jones does the colors. It's like, I really like the art for this book a lot. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. I think that was the one thing. I mean, I did really enjoy the story too. I thought it was very interesting, but the art is really what got me. Yeah, yeah, and I did, I really did, like, think the story was interesting just because it was, I don't know, just one of those silly, like, here's a mystery in this, like, dirtbag-looking detective guy who's going to go solve it. Mm-hmm. I like that it was also, it was very much a sci-fi story, um, and it mm-hmm. does take place, like, at some point in the distant future where there's, like, no real sun. Yeah. I thought that's, that's the that was an interesting me. part, too, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it was, like, yeah, it was surprisingly good. I wasn't expecting it to be so, like, intriguing and, like, draw me in so quickly, but when I was reading it, like, the beats really hit, and it just, like, drew me in really perfectly. Yeah, I, I, you are the mystery <laughs> you know that's detective solving stories all that kind of stuff you enjoy that quite a bit and I, I don't dislike it at all it's just not really the stories that I'm drawn to but that one was done in such a fun way too mm-hmm. and I think it might have been the whole him just being kind of a scummy looking dude like <laughs> now I'm gonna do this for my own reasons and then the guy that he is working with is very much scummy too but in a different way yeah yeah I thought, yeah. Yeah, was that was fun. a that was a good aspect for sure. Yeah. It's just should pick it up. Yeah, you should. It's <laughs> it's a uh, very good. I think I'm dang it. I think I'm going to pick up that second issue, at least to read, because yeah, I enjoyed it quite a bit. Yeah, I added it to my pull file, so let's cross our fingers. It's a behemoth book that I can get every single issue. Behemoth, if you're listening to us. 
please give us the issues. <laughs> please give us the issues. We can never get like all of the issues of your book. It's so stressful. Yeah, very, very frustrating. There have been many titles <laughs> that we have not been able to finish because of that. Whatever. We're in a pandemic. Who knows? It's not your fault. It's the distributor's fault. So yes, yes. Okay, go ahead. I'm gonna go. Um, I have Faithless. This is part three. This is issue number three. I'm going to give you the main cover here, and then we're going to give you the super naughty Anka cover. I'm going to put this on here so you can prepare yourselves. Boom. Dicks and tits everywhere. Bubble. Yeah. Who's the, is this the same person? Oh, you can't see me pointing. Oh, which one? The, the This one and the one in the middle. The, both the people, I guess, getting eaten out. Oh, okay. Or, um, or dick down, suck down. <laughs> dick down. Um, so I'm pretty sure just based off of this, this is Faith. She's okay. the main character. And then I think this is Poppy or that is, I can't tell. I'm not sure which one is which. I think they're yeah. both different iterations of Poppy. Okay, because, so they are the same, the same person. Yeah, okay. because... Sorry, it smelled like one of my cats took a shit. I was trying to figure out which one it was. Um, but I think I think that is both Poppy because like throughout the story, you see Poppy being like two different kinds of people. Okay. That's that's what it seems like to me. Plus it just looks like her. But I don't know who all these other people are. They're probably demons from hell. Um, so... <laughs> This issue, like I told you, champ, is nowhere near as grotesque as the last one. This is actually just a very chill issue. So Faith discovered in the last issue that she, during their, her year of like disappearance, she had given birth. She had a baby. And she's sort of remembering all this stuff. She has no idea what happened to it. And Lewis, who is this man, is the one who sold his soul to the devil so that he could create art. Um, she's also been having like a weird affair with him. I call it an affair just because it's like a strange situation because Faith is seeing both him and his daughter, Poppy. Very strange, but I also will not question it because you're free to do whatever you want. Um, but it's his baby. And when she discovers like, oh, I, I had a baby, where the fuck did my baby go? He shows her she does not like what she sees. And so he thinks the best thing to do is to like wipe her memory and let her go about her life as if she had never met them to begin with. Um, but it doesn't quite work. And she's still remembering like pieces of what's going on and stuff. So it's just messing with her mind even more. Um, so it's like, it's a really weird thing because Lewis, I always go back and forth on whether or not I like him because he can be such a dick. Yeah. He's such a dick. But then he does things like that where he's like, no, this would just make it easier for her to continue living her life and be the person she wants to be. And then, yeah, she's just he's trying to help her and she will not allow it. And it's just weird. I think there's like two issues left, maybe three. But I'm curious to see. Oh, yeah. I, I did tell you that he sold his soul to the devil, but it turns out he's actually a devil himself. Hey, how's that work? I don't know. I think that was part of the deal was when he sold himself, they were like, he you know the devil too, or a devil as well. A, yeah, I say a devil, but I'm, it's a just demon. like a demon. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, he has all these weird 
connections to hell and all that kind of stuff. So he just keeps fucking with her without meaning to. Um, all right. It's a very, very strange story, but I am very curious to see how this ends because this is the last chapter of the Faithless series. No more so, punking you out. <laughs> we'll see. Um, Faithless four. But yeah, so it's either like she continues to stay with them and be an artist like she's always wanted to while delivering demon babies to the hell brood or she just goes back to her normal life and her old friends just being regular old faith with no ties to magic or art. Let's see what she'll choose. She can't do art without the the sexy demons? Um, Not the way that they make it seem in this is you have to completely let go of yourself in order to create the art that people are going to want to see. Okay. And part of that is not being yourself. You have to give up all your ties to the human world. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, Satanism and witchcraft. Yeah, let's check out. It's fine. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, That's what it takes to be an artist. <laughs> We, we don't know. I'm not an artist. I just talk about comics. Same. Uh, okay, so next, I on that note, I have The Good Asian. This is issue number 10. This is the end of this story. It does say at the end that the character will return. Okay. So I'm hoping that is a real thing that does happen, but I really liked how it wrapped up. It did like a really nice job of putting all the pieces together and telling you like what happened. And I I don't know. This was really good. I I really, I really, really liked it a lot. They solved the mystery. They solved the mystery. Had Edison Hark solved the mystery. And I wouldn't say everything ended up like good, but everything ended. Okay. Like I, I don't know. There's something about it I just like really, really enjoyed, and the art was the art was amazing. Like just the way like some panels and like pages were put together, and just the colors too. It was a well done book, and I loved every cover. Like. I know I got all the B covers, but like the, all the A covers are really great. Um, yeah, I think if you <laughs> if you like detective noir stories or noir stories, like that, these are definitely one. Like the Good Asian is a book to grab. And if they do a second part to it, or when they do, you or. A next story arc or whatever you will be picking it up oh for sure yeah okay yeah most definitely like it's at no point did I not enjoy myself reading it and like I I felt like I I learned stuff because there's a lot of really like great back matter there was just a lot of like good references to things I never knew about either in there and mm-hmm. I know it's just a well-told story Very good. I'm glad you enjoyed it. I know you talked about it the entire time, how much you liked it. So yeah, I'm glad it, I'm glad it ended in a way that was enjoyable for you. Yeah. So it's very satisfying. 
Okay, I'm ready. Okay. This is Batman, The Night. This is issue number four of ten. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is a book by our best friend, Chip Zdarsky. And I can't remember the artist's name. Where's that? Near the end? Yeah, it's yeah. Um, Carmine Di Giadomenico. There we go. Colors by Ivan Placentia and lettering by Pat Brousseau. I, I, I don't, I, I still can't like quite point my, like put my finger on if I like this book or not. Like I enjoy it. Mm-hmm. I think the story is like, I don't know if I think the story is interesting. I guess that's it. Like, I don't know. If I, I, yeah, think- I, I so don't think I'm interested in it enough. Like I, I like it just fine, but it's mm-hmm. like, it's not really grabbing me like I do however love the art like yeah I the art's the art great incredible but yeah the story itself is like I just don't care enough about what is happening to truly enjoy what's going on because it just like also just feels like any kind of like starter Batman story yeah so it's like he's gaining a friend now so is this friend going to backstab him or like is yeah. this friend gonna die like i assume this friend's gonna backstab him there's and, uh, f- fairly heavy allusions to that yeah <laughs> like, I don't so know, like i do i do like what he is doing with this story but i maybe i'm just like overwhelmed with batman right now that could be too yeah it's just a I lot that, yeah i think that might be part of it because i i do I do like that every issue is him doing a different task in order to become Batman. Yeah, I think for me, that's like part of the reason it feels like kind of one dimensional. Yeah, I can see that. That makes sense. This is just like, like I, I know, I know this Bruce Wayne that like we're talking about, like it feels like, you know, like this isn't like growing the character in a different way. The story isn't like, doing something necessarily different I guess and I think that's why right. I was, I'm not and like I like it yes but it's just like every time I'm not necessarily like hyped to read it yeah no that makes sense I share pretty much the same sentiment it is a Batman book of him young doing things to become Batman that's really it <laughs> It is. That is really it. It could be worse. It definitely could be worse. I have read way worse Batman books. Same. Same. Okay, so then next we have Batman Superman World's Finest. This is issue number two. Uh, This is a book by Mark Wade, Dan Mora, and Tamara Bonvillian. And uh, DC Abitacar does the, the letters. And I just I don't know. There's something about this book I really just really like. Also, I loved like the art shift. Yep. I was gonna. I was gonna say something about that. Can we just talk about our boy Dan Moore? For a yeah. <laughs> like, Let's it's just, just talk about it. And like Tamara's colors too. The way that like both yeah. of them like it just they they're such a great team together. And I really, ugh, I wish more people appreciated it. I I know people do, but. I'm just being selfish. I want more. I want more. I want the whole world to be like, yes, these these two. I want to see them on every single book. Mm-hmm. But you have yeah. a favorite panel. 
Um, I mean, I really like the panel where Batman's looking at like this one. Yeah. Okay. I was like, I really like the colors and like the face, like the facial expressions and that like particular panel. But like as a whole, this book is just like, it looks so great. And mm-hmm. it's like, there's just so many like fun things about it. And I don't know. It's, it's a good book. <laughs> I love what Dan Mora does with like character faces mm-hmm. because a lot of his characters they do look very similar in the way that like they're drawn like the shapes of their heads and like all that kind of stuff like they all have very similar features but there's always like one thing about them that sets them apart and you can just tell who they yeah. are um this was my favorite panel <laughs> superman drinking tea and just kind of blowing on it while talking about them being the smartest guys in the world the the room I just thought that was really funny, but yeah, I just, I do enjoy this book very, very much, and I really have no idea who, like, a lot of these characters are. Yeah, yeah. For for me, it kind of feels like, like, I know I, like, compared it to Superman pal, like, Superman's pal, Jimmy Olsen, like, Mm -hmm. that run by Matt Fraction, and I I stand by that, or, like, any Silver Age books, but, like, I, I also it just reminds me of like watching the Justice League cartoon okay <laughs> in yeah. a really weird way because it's like it's got that feel to it and then especially with them bringing in other characters but yeah it's like I don't necessarily have a big like you know no like big knowledge on who like the Doom Patrol and all of their business all of the the fun things that they get into yeah but I just really liked yeah, I really like their cameo in here and I, I think it's a lot of fun. And I really liked the banter between like Robin and Supergirl. Like just a, yeah, oddly enjoyable book. I don't know. I knew I'd like it, but I think it I like it way more than I thought I I would. Yeah, no, same. Me too. I, I really only went into it because of Dan Mora and Tamara and Aditya, but you know, it's uh just a very solid book it's very good I enjoy it the writer's all right (laughs) I mean I I like Mark Wade just fine I've just never really like read too much of his stuff and like I was going to read it regardless of who was writing it yeah I do do really enjoy what he's doing it's just those three were the reason why I was like yeah okay I'll read this book yeah I enjoy it it's good it's good it's good good. okay So I'm going to talk about this one. This is We Don't Kill Spiders. This is issue number four. This is the last one of this series. One of the reasons why I love Black Caravan books. They're just in and out. Done. Um, This concludes the story of the witch that was in the village. Um, Bjorn kind of discovers who has been messing with the entire village, killing people and all that kind of stuff. And then the... um, the witch that was helping them, I can never remember, Revna. Um, Revna is uh, the witch who was helping them try to figure out who was killing all these people. She had been banished when she was younger from being within the village, but she still kind of lived on the outskirts. Um, Yeah, she discovers what had happened. Her and Bjorn take care of business, and then she is further exiled from 
them. So she's not allowed to even like live on the outskirts anymore. So she has to find somewhere new to go. And Bjorn is like, sup bro, let me go with you. Let me just travel with you. Let me know what you're all about. <laughs> yeah. So they begin their own little journey and there is going to be, I'm not sure if this is part of the same story. It seems like it's going to be based off of the way that this ends. Um, but there is, this creator is doing another book called Seven Years in Darkness, which I'm very excited about because it it seems like it's continuing from here. Like Bjorn and Revna's story is done, but the next story is the Lord of the, the Forest, which is going to be good. The art at the end is like really good. This is these last few pages that kind of, I'm pretty sure are just the introduction to this one. Okay, that looks cool. Yeah, it looks, uh, I'm really, really excited for it and um, can't wait, you know? It's going to be good. I got you. All right. So then I have, uh, this is Refrigerator Full of Heads. This is issue number six. This wraps up this, I guess, the story arc. It seems like they may do another one. They left it open to that. Um, Yeah, not much to say here. Just a lot of really, really ridiculous things. Just like a, yeah, just a really ridiculous book. I think that's, that's all you can say about it. Like just a lot of silliness, just a lot of campiness and just. A lot of murders. A lot of murders, a lot of murders, but like bad guy murders, I guess, technically. Okay, good. That's what I love. Yeah, it was, it was a. It was a good book. I had a lot of fun. It, it's just like, it definitely did not need to be six issues. So did it, because I know the first part of it was Basketful of Heads, um, but I know they're two different stories. Like, was that necessary to do? Like, yeah, the, the stories intertwine very much. Okay. So okay. like when you first like pick it up, you don't really think you need to like read the first story arc. And you still don't because they really tell you like what happened, why these people are where they're at or like who these people are and how they ended up there. But it just, it just like, it does feel like the first, the first one would would have been enough. It would have been fine. Mm -hmm. It was, it was fun. It was like an interesting idea. That's just, I think like any like sequel sort of thing, kind of just like, you just took it too far you didn't have to yeah if you do, yeah if you do a third one like I mean it, it was fun like I said it was fun it was interesting I liked how they tied everything together but yeah no you didn't need to six okay. issues no right okay well if they make another series are you gonna like what would it, what would it be called bucket full of heads I think that's like too close to baskets. Okay, well then, what about um, like a box full of heads? Trailer full of heads. Trailer full of heads. Yeah, that's a good one. Shed full of shed, heads. Shed full of heads. Actually, that's, that's that good one's one. good. We should end on that one. That's mine. <laughs> All right. Yeah, I didn't come up with that. <laughs> you did. <laughs> now this is the most controversial. Con- controversial. <laughs> controversial comic that we've ever read it is tearing twitter apart right now 
This is the collector unit 731's issue there, number one. Everything like, you've ever known about it is a lie. There's like 10 comments on Legend Comics Twitter. That's what Heather's talking about. Yeah, and now I'm starting to doubt everything I've ever known about anything. Okay, I, I have one thing to say about this book, and I don't, it's yeah. not like a gripe or anything. You can just tell that this guy used those little, like, the artists used those uh, little posable dudes for the <laughs> the reference. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Um, okay, so I'm going to tell you what I have read about Unit 731, how it compares to the book, and what apparently is wrong with it. But I'm going to keep it short. It's just going to be a quick little overview. So um, there was a camp called Unit 731 where, this is what I've read, just so you know, um, where the Japanese conducted experiments on people, um, all sorts of experiments, like with injecting them with illnesses, um, doing vivisections, like all, all sorts of, all sorts of wild stuff that shouldn't be done to other humans. So this book kind of follows that, it follows one man in particular, um, throughout his, uh, time spent in Unit 731. Um, and what was said on Twitter was that stuff didn't actually happen. It wasn't the, the Japanese that were doing it. Um, I am going to read up on this more because I am, I am curious because I don't know, like, I don't know how much I've read is like true and how much isn't. And I'm going off of just what like one person was saying and another person agreeing with. So I am, my brain is torn all over the place. Um, so that's, that's what the book is about. But like I said, I'm going to, to read up on it more. I think I am going to take this off my poll just because I did not enjoy the story anyway, yeah. like whether or not what is being the information that's being passed on in here is true or not. I just did not like the story. I don't think it's worth reading, um, which kind of sucks because I was, I was actually kind of excited for this story. Um, I did, however, with the exception of that one page, I enjoyed the art quite a bit, but it's mainly just because it reminded me of that out book that I read. Yeah. Um, a lot of the, the colors and the panels reminded me of that book. Um, but yeah, that, that being said, um, I'm going to research, going to take it off my poll. I will remember to come back and circle back to this information so that we can discuss this at length another time. Yeah, for sure. But don't believe everything you read on the internet is all I'm going to say. Because it could all, sure. it could turn out to be wrong. Yeah, you never whatever. know. Everything on the internet's right. Yeah. You can't lie on the internet. <laughs> Don't you yeah. know that? I, I do know that. I also was just like, the story was kind of just like, eh. Yeah. Because it just felt like there was nothing. I don't know if I needed to be introduced to it because that probably would have helped. Yeah. Because I kind of was just like, here you go. And I'm just like, I don't know what the fuck is happening right it um yeah it would help to know about some of this stuff previously um i'm gonna times out for a minute because both of my cats are sitting by the door acting like freaks right now okay get out get out of here get thank you okay 
And I'm back. Looking at emails. All right. Let's uh like exit up or something. Okay. All right, so now now we have canceled. This is issue. Oh, this is a uh, David Burns canceled. Number one. Number one. Uh, this is about a children's show that gets canceled and a clown. It's basically a Mr. Rogers situation. And this clown takes over him, takes over for him. And he's like, I'll get my revenge on you. And that's what this book is. Oh, yeah. Yep. Clowns are evil. I, I, yeah, when you texted me about this, it's just, I don't, I really don't know how I felt about it. It said it felt very, like, very much like an edgy dude was writing a comic book to me. And I was like, okay, dude, I get it. Mm-hmm. How, where are you going to go from here? And so I said, it feels like it's possible there's like a rape scene or something awful happening in this. Right. Um, and I have to say, like, I, I don't like when clowns are the bad people, when they have to make them the evils. Um, That's a bias. I yeah, but you know, I also, like clowns. Can we talk about this baby that has like like a child's head? Ew. Yeah, I was gonna say that's one of the things that I was like kind of on the fence about. Like I, as I've mentioned many, many times before in the the history of this podcast over the last almost four years, I am not really a fan of just plain black and white art unless I feel like it fits the story. Like if it was told any other way, it wouldn't make sense. I get why parts of this are just black and white like that because this is the story that the characters are watching the movie the tv show whatever I do get it but I don't I don't like the art the art art after sitting down and thinking about that real hard I did not I did not enjoy it and I think it is because of the faces like that because there are several pages where I was like what is wrong with that face like 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 that yeah, no, that's a, that's why I liked it so much is because it yeah. it's I think that's the whole point is it's supposed to it's supposed to look like that and it's supposed to have that like ness to it. Yeah, that's fair. I just like, that's also why it's in black and white because you know it takes place in like the 1950s, so it's also yeah. like it's supposed to be in that like, and that's why those people look like that, and even that stupid baby. That stance, yeah. however, kills me. Yeah. I love that but yeah it it's just it reminds me of like p- points in deadly class where like they they look like that too yeah that's fair I don't know maybe because I am going to continue reading it because I am curious like I, I mm-hmm. I'm interested enough in it so maybe my feelings will change but yeah there were just certain faces in here that I just I did not like yeah, and I mean the art change like we talked about earlier was yeah. really great too. Yeah, and no, I, and I, I did I did like that aspect of it aspect of it a lot. It was just for some reason seeing them like that with no color like that stressed me out. Yeah, no, I, I figured it'd be something that you wouldn't like necessarily like hundred yeah. percent. Like it was fine. I, I 
I do think it like fits with the story and stuff, but it's still just like, I just didn't really like it. That's fine. I just didn't like it. Uh, okay, so next I have uh, Jonna, Jonah, however we want to say it here, and the Unpossible Monsters. And this is issue number nine. And just the tale of Jonna and her sister Rainbow trying to kind of like find find their dad now, find their way, find find anything besides monsters. <laughs> They're just fighting for their lives. Just these two kids fighting for their lives. Are they in a cave? They're like inside a monster's body, I think. Okay. For some reason, I had it in my head that they were just, like, mining in a cave. Like, that's just where they've been this whole time. No, they've been, like, all over the place. At one point, they were in, like, a gladiator arena where, like, Jonna had to fight, like, monsters in the, like, arena. Like, they have been in a cave at one point. Yeah. Like, just wild adventures it's like a, it's a really fun book it's obvious most obviously for like children but i do enjoy it like the art is just like really good the art and the colors are just so so good uh, yeah it's by chris samney and laura samney and matthew wilson does the colors oh perfect we love matthew wilson yeah and i mean the colors are like a good 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 part of this book but beautiful it's a good book it's fun if you have children i highly suggest it for your children all right you ready yeah Uh, i have to this is the damage i got from work so i could read this book uh this is the vampire slayer this is a new beginning of a the buffy book and this takes place in a different universe where willow is the slayer I guess. Yeah. See, I, I maybe I did not realize that that's what I. So we discussed the art. We do not like the art, and I think the part of the reason why was because I couldn't tell who was who. Like, obviously they say their names, but and like on first glance I was like, oh, that's Buffy, and then I was like, wait a minute, wait, no, this one's Buffy because I didn't realize that it was supposed to take place in like a different universe so when Willow comes out like I'm the Slayer I was like wait that's Buffy Hmm. it was very confusing to me the art did not make it easier Giles is not hot in this no he's not hot I mean in the beginning there is a little like short synopsis thing yeah it says the every generation thing and then it says and this is an entirely new universe See, I didn't see that part because it always says this at the beginning of Buffy, yeah so I just didn't think anything of it I didn't read it I was like ah whatever yeah no that makes sense uh yeah it was I I don't know like I just don't I feel like if I'm gonna be in a new universe or whatever can I just at this point get different characters that's fair that's fair that's what we need like I don't I don't want to see these characters anymore you've 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 fucking beaten these characters to death give me something else you've done enough with them we know their life stories in every 
universe that you've given us. Yeah, I just don't think that making Willow the Slayer or like maybe maybe like she's not the Slayer, but there's something wrong with Buffy. So she's like taking that mantle. Like regardless, it's just like, I don't care. I don't want to see this. I don't, I don't want to see this. Yeah. Cause that's the only change that they've done. Yeah. Like that's it. Like Xander's still a stupid little crybaby, and yeah. Giles is still watcher. Like that's that's was the only only thing that they had changed so far, and it just was not an interesting change. I just feel like if they're gonna do something like this, just like fucking go for it. Just just Buffy can exist in the past. Yeah. Like these people can exist in the past, or like whatever and these whole new group of people are in it and if you need to like throw in some you know old timers that you know like spike or whatever just like right. angel like just it's, it's annoying yeah we should have more of angel and his uh accent i don't want more angel but it was just a vampire who i could name and yeah who was there it would still be more interesting to me. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. <laughs> All right. And this is our last book. So this is the nice house on the lake. Issue number eight. Getting close to the end, kind of. Yep. There's 12. Um, yeah. Or I thought there was 10. Is there 10? I mean, there's only two more things on here. Yeah. Oh shit. On the very back page. God damn, why did they do this shit? So after all of the ads, the very last page, there's a guide to the characters, which shows the characters and their symbols in case anybody who has been who is reading this book did not see that because I have looked at this book several times and completely missed this. Yeah, I had no idea. So anyway, we're just getting more into in-depth the, the characters, you know? Each one kind of focuses on a different character and how they ended up knowing Walter and how they exist within the house now. Um, you get to know a little bit more about Walter and his decision-making when it came to who he was going to take to the house to protect. And you also see that some of them had their memories wiped which that confused me a little bit I don't I remember it but I'm also like confused by it still yeah this is definitely a book I have to go back and like read those like last few issues because the break between it like each issue has so much going on and not in a bad way but in a way where you're when you're reading it in a monthly like monthly way like this or and then there's a break like there was it's just all that information is like there but it's like locked up (laughs) yeah no it's it's a very information dense book and Mm -hmm. when I don't know when we're reading so many other books it's like hard to to remember every little thing that happens in here and I do think that it would benefit from like a a complete read through like that just yeah all the little things that happen in it but yeah, it's still really good. I'm I'm still enjoying it like quite a bit. I'm excited to see like what how this story is going to tie up like 
the conclusion of it, what could that possibly be? Yeah, like what's it look like? And I guess we're seeing those bits and pieces of like what where they end up, but like how they get there is like a really good question. And I'm just like, I really love these covers because it just really reminds me of like when you start reading the book, just like the way they're talking to you, because it just almost looks like a camera is like pointed on them and just like then they start telling their story of like being in this house. Right. I wonder if like they're all connected. I actually was just thinking the same yeah, thing. Yeah, because it kind I mean, in a way, it kind of looks like that. And like, if you were to lay them all out together or... They would like somewhat fit together somehow. Yeah. It would try that. Like the whole picture of them. You could see everyone within the house or wherever they are. Mm-hmm. Now I kind of want to try it. Yeah, I was saying now I want to see that. <laughs> Comic books, man, they're cool. I know. Ooh. Oh. <laughs> Drop my book. <laughs> uh... That's all we got for comic books, bros. That's it. It's been a it's wonder been a wonderful week. Not really at all, but it's been a weird week. It's been yeah. a really weird week. Been a lot of bad uh anti-trans laws being passed. So that's been like a huge bummer. So as always, if you have funds or if you have a voice, you know, s- say something, say speak loud. Um, I know in Florida, they're trying to pass another bill about like, basically like the same bill is in Texas. So detransitioning like trans teens, and then also trying to stop social transitioning, which can include, you know, just like changing your name or cutting your hair, like dressing differently. So, um, and I would also like to say on that note, um, there is a, I wouldn't say popular, but it's fairly well-known author. Um, I don't know her actual name, but there is a book that she just released that perpetuates very, very harmful stereotypes against trans people. The book is called The Pawn and the Puppet. Um, I would say do not support it. Do not read it because it does not paint trans people in positive lighting at all. It does a lot of harm. And even though her reasoning for doing it that way is fucking stupid um there was no research done um and she did not listen to her beta readers when they told her to not include any of that stuff because that is terrible don't read the book don't buy it don't support that author at all don't do any of that kind of stuff i don't care if she's indie she self-publishes any of that kind of shit don't do it it's terrible all right we had our little soapbox huh I said, and I read a lot of really bad books. So <laughs> I feel like my opinion should matter on this, on this count. If I'm not going to read it because I refuse to support that kind of work, then neither should you. That's 100%. all. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, that's, a, that's, that's all we got otherwise. Cause I just want to, you know, just got to use our little platforms that we have to say little small things that we can mm-hmm. protect the people that matter the most to us. Uh, so thank you for listening as always. Go support your local comic book shops. Go support your local libraries. Take care of your friends. Be good people. Take care of each other. As always, you know. Thank you for being you. Support us. Support us. You know, if you see us. (laughs) That's true. If you see us, give us a high five. Mm -hmm. Tell us. How much you like us even though we'll just go thanks we'll do this
Mm-hmm. It's usually what I do. I'm like, no, you don't really think that. <laughs> but we uh, need it. Tell us anyway. Yeah. Uh, so we'll see you on the flip flop. Blah, blah.